Content warning. Drowning, choking, and children in distress. Moss Hollow, Episode 20, The Gatekeeper. I catch myself holding my breath. The rain arriving outside helps me exhale. The low ceilings through this gangway feel claustrophobic. The nettle is pulling us in toward the heart of the mountain. I'm not as fast as Lacey. Each step is an effort. Clutching the unzipped bag and pressing the book of plant spirits against my chest, I turn toward the entrance behind us. A soft gray light silhouettes the rotting frame. Shapes of vines and roots curl into the mouth of the mine. With the quilt set outside to lure it in, it won't be long before it finds us. You coming? The nettle glows from her arm, and the tiny spikes shift with the draft of air. Carefully, I step along the sunken beams of the tracks, past more wooden supports. Just above our heads are lengths of cracked shale, barely holding up. There is enough light still to see the shimmer of coal veins running through the walls of the gangway. I don't know anything about mining, but I guess you can't mine your own wall. Come on, hurry! She pauses ahead of me, pointing out bright spray paint with arrows pointing toward the exit. People have been here before. Old green glass bottles litter the dirt near my feet. A thin stream of orange water runs along the track, leading to new passages. There's a fork in the tunnel up here. The nettle sings, glowing brighter the deeper we go. Looking over my shoulder, the entrance has disappeared. We're in the dark, with a choice to make. Catching up with Lacey, I can see her face in the faint light of the plant spirit. She has wild eyes, much darker than before, like an oil painting of an ancient myth. Which way? One side is more developed. There's an arch of riveted metal that bends and pops open from the weight of the rock slates above. It's unclear how far it goes. The other side has continued track, but an old cart in the way is so busted that the wood is completely rotted away. The axle is tilted into the sand. The water runs in this direction. Let's follow the water. She crawls over the cart, careful not to shift any collapsed rock. She reaches for the bag and the book when we feel freezing air rush behind us. It's at the entrance. I throw myself over the cart, nearly tripping on the broken tracks. I am second-guessing the way I've chosen. There's more collapsed rock ahead of us, and white paint by old pickaxe marks. We climb along the huge sandstone jutting up as fast as we can. My shoes are soaking wet from the puddles and thick sediment. Fuck. I used to be overly cautious, preparing for every outcome. Now look at me. Careful! (laughs) She grabs me before I make a wrong step. The tracks end here, where there's a steep drop. Wooden boards connected the old passage that are now rotted through. We can't see what's below. Damp air rushes up from the bottom, however far that might be. To the right, a small banked edge hugs the wall. We scurry across, gripping the sides and staining our fingers black with coal dust. (laughs) 
energy is sinister. I feel the drop in my stomach. <laughs> Behind us, it's bending the metal of the abandoned cart. Lacey is already crawling above the next collapse. Wait! I can't see past the edge of the tracks. My back is pressed against the stone, almost past the drop. Come on! It's coming! Move! My fear seizes me, but I force the next step. Breathe. The dirt under my left foot gives way, and a rock plummets underneath me. I launch myself to the other side, clawing the dirt. The glow from the nettle pools around me as Lacey helps me up. I hear it too. Don't answer. We scramble above the crumbled shale, the shadows casting daggers underneath us. There's a small opening to the other side of this collapse. Lacey throws the bag ahead of us and twists her shoulders between the rocks. This could be our only exit if we make it back out of here. I follow quickly after her feet are through, terrified I won't have the glow to follow. I feel the electric pulse of the creature in my ears. The hair on my arms is standing on end. We wanted it to find us this time, right? This is part of the plan. The plan we didn't really make. The quilt protected us last time, but we used it at the entrance. Shit! Come on. There's something up here. First, I look for a loose slab I can cover the exit with. I don't think it'll fool anything, but it might give us some time. I lift one at my feet and flip it upwards against the collapse, but it's too heavy. Lacey heaves with me, and we push the top edge against the open space. Shit. She presses the book into my arms and slings the bag over her shoulder. We approach another opening. Another painted arrow points backwards. Too late now. We take turns climbing past debris until a bend in the passage opens to a large, flat space. A huge room, bolstered by wooden supports, reaches beyond our sight. Approaching one of the beams, I realize it's oak. They're weak with age, but still sing to us in response. We're seen as lost souls who have come to ask for oak strength again. The nettle beams lighter, twisting gently from Lacey's arm. It's taken a deeper hold on her skin, but it doesn't seem to bother her. It casts soft light into the low, freezing cavern. I feel the presence of people, but I don't see anything. When I feel breath behind me, I whirl around expecting to meet a face. But nothing is there. I smell sweat, but more than that, I feel exhaustion and hunger that doesn't belong to me. It can't be far behind. It knows we're close. My stomach is in knots. Lacey, if we're gonna trap it, we need to do it now. Do you feel it? I'm struggling to breathe through my fear. I squeeze my eyes shut. She takes my hand, and I feel the nettle humming with energy through her skin. This one is unlike any plant we found before. 
My eyes open to silhouettes of men in helmets. It's like we're watching them through water. Memories are overlapped. Each man's grief resonates with a different frequency. This time, we're not among everyone, like at the strike. But instead, we're watching the shadows of many eras repeating themselves over and over. I can make out silhouettes, glowing eyes, motions of men moving back and forth along the passage. Some crouched, some pushing carts. Hollow voices carry through the mine. Lacey suddenly bristles. We need to help here. But if we focus on them, we can't set a trap. We can't leave things how they are. We can't do both. We'll die. There's determination in her eyes. The nettle gives off urgency. I don't have time to argue with her. I release her hand. I've already stared into the face of death. I watched it swallow people whole. I watched them with deep, glowing eyes walk into an abyss. I don't want that. The wound in my arm starts to sting. I can't do this by myself. The darkness is slowly seeping into the cavern. In the glow, I can make out the vapor creeping in whispers across the ceiling, leaving soot. It smells like burning. She ignores it. Nettle spirit, help us heal this place. She pulls the camera out of her bag, the broken lens reflecting in the glow. She takes a photo. And another. Anna, use the book, I'll distract it. I flip it open, still gripped with fear. Darkness explodes with pressure and sparks. We glide backwards to the ground. The camera slams against the dirt. You will stay here forever and rot. You piece of shit! Lacey hurls a rock at it. We can't see where the rock goes, but we hear it hit the wall. We can't undo our answer now. The book bursts open with vines and tendrils. They shoot upward and curl around the cracks in the rocks. They bolster the oak pillars, and the dark voice hisses with resistance. Ah, you coward! You expect to be saved when you can't save anything yourself! I'm so terrified my teeth are clenched shut. You've done nothing but run. You deserve to die here. The nettle on Lacey's arm stiffens. A shadow nearby softens into pure light. For the first time, I see a face, free from exhaustion and coal dust. It fades and then he's gone. He's crossed the veil. Losing Claire was your fault. Stop! In my left hand, I grab a root that pulses and continues to grow, reaching out into the cavern. Plant spirits help us! I'm too scared to ask anything coherent. 
The darkness slams into my body, pinning me to the dirt. The roots are screaming. It's voiceless, but I feel it in my body. My right hand grips the sediment, trying to wrench my way free. I can't breathe. Plant spirits, help us now. Release the harm, release the darkness. I know you now. You're a part of us. The ceiling is cracking. The darkness is caving in the mine. (laughs) Suddenly, the glow of the nettle brightens, calling forth more vines. A freezing wind pushes the embers of the dark vapor away from my face. I try to get up, but I'm caught in the tangled branches and stems. Faces illuminate and disappear as the nettle works. It's a gatekeeper. It holds the answer to the other side. If we can release anguish here, maybe that's the key to finding Claire. The root in my left hand pulls me away, but the darkness won't release the pressure. Using all my strength, I peel my shoulders toward the growing roots. Get off me! I feel my heartbeat slowing. My head hurts. It's suffocating me. No! The vines pull me from its grip and quickly hide me against the oak, burying me in surging leaves and branches. It's moving across the green bed, the walls smelling for my fear. Where's Lacey? I'm cocooned inside the plants, filling the mine. Through the leaves, the shadows of men are slowing. There are so many here. How can we help at all? I measure my breathing. It's searching for me again, and it won't take long to find me. I press my hands against the roots, ripping through each other. The roots bind with my skin. I send out a signal from the ground to find Lacey. The roots are protecting her, too. I sense the book splayed open against the dirt, thumping its heartbeat to the top of the mountain. (laughs) From the outer tunnel, there's a collapse. There's a rip through the leaves and vines when... uh, uh, I'm pressed against the oak beam. It's not gonna hold. uh, It's burning my throat. cool my pores and wrap my shoulders to try to protect me. The heat of the darkness singes my hair. Do you want your father back? Do you want your father back? Leave her here. Leave these people. Let me take you to him. You don't belong here, Lysiana. I freeze. My voice catches in my throat. Lacey's trying to get to me. Don't listen to it, Anna. Leave her. It wants us to fail. She's nothing, Lacey. She's a coward. She makes you weaker. The darkness begins snapping the plants. Smoke fills my nose. It's keeping us separated. The roots squeeze against me in protest. The oak beam I'm pressed against could break at any second. Lacey is all I have. All at once, the ceiling collapses and water surges into the cavern. Rage swells up from my belly, 
and rises into a voice I never had. I'm not weak! I'm not afraid of you! I said, get up! Its face is a void, eyeless. Its grip is tight. It stares into my soul and smolders. Inside its vapor and shadow, small sparks ignite. It shows me stars combusting and black smoke curling in on itself. Thick dirt rips through the roots, holding firm to the ground. Another collapse. I'm gonna drown. How dare you use my grief? You don't know grief. You don't value life. The water swallows me up to my waist. The roots can't protect me anymore. The sparks snap against my skin. My eyes sting. I squeeze them shut against the silt and debris. I can't move. I failed. I failed everyone. I shudder with lack of breath. My stomach tightens. If this is it, don't let it be Lacey too. Please, take me instead. I sense light and shadow. The darkness screams and releases a sick gasp. It rips away from me in the flood water. The roots loosen and I feel pressure under my legs. Soft leaves and vines push against my feet and elbows, shooting me to the surface. There's only a couple feet of space. Some of the surface plants are on fire, casting the water in a sickly orange. Fuck. I search with my hands below me. The water is pulling me towards a pitch black opening. I grip a collapsed rock edge to resist the drag of the current. Lacey. Other parts of the ceiling crumble next to me. The water pushes me against the sharp stone, cutting my face. Tree roots from above twine along each crack, forcing their way along the coal veins and jutted shale. I don't see her. What if she's trapped? What if, as a last cruelty, the darkness took her? The roots twist around my limbs, the fire spreads, and the smoke is trapped inside. It won't be long before I join her. Then, something under the surface illuminates the water. The faint glow of the nettle spirit. I have to help her, but I can't get to her from here. The roots lazily circle me, twisting and pulling. I have some freedom to move. Small flashes of light implode under the surface. The souls around us disappear across the veil one by one. I reach across to the closest oak beam and hang on tightly. The smoke swirls toward the other tunnel, then gets pulled with the current of the rushing water. Flames lick the edges of the collapse nearby. Quickly, I conjure the words. Sator! Arepo! Tenet! Opera! Rotas! The flames are sucked underwater, swirling their light into a single point of focus. I can see Lacey's outline through the dirty water, obstructed by plants. 
Along her arm is the glowing nettle, and her hand holds a deep blue flame circling underwater. With a final surge of light, the silt billows in the water, then it shoots a forceful current outward. All remaining shadows and memories slip past the veil. As the light fades, her body goes limp. No! No! I push my legs through the dirt and tangled plants under the surface. The water is slowly draining, but the rocks around us are still compromised. The cavern has opened into a sinkhole or mine shaft a few yards away. The suction is fiercely drawing everything into the darkness. Her body is dragging on the bottom. The light is almost gone. I kick my legs and block my face with my hands. I reach ahead of me toward the glow. Please, please let me reach her. I'm shivering in the freezing water, but I will my body to keep moving forward. A sharp rock nicks my side. I'm trying to resist the pull of the current. Suddenly, it's dark. Reaching through stems and branches, I feel something tangled but soft. I grab it, praying it's her hair. I get my arms through knotted, arching vines. Okay, I have her shoulder. The water pulls both of us toward the chasm. I can't get her out of the plants. The roots are in the way. I try to keep hold of her and resist the pull of the water. I try my arms in different positions. Don't let go. Don't let go. I reach under her other arm, trying to find leverage to get us to the surface. I hook my foot on a root to stay steady. One of the oak pillars breaks as the rocks behind me fall. The push of the water loosens my grip. Suddenly, I feel the powerful current rip us downward as the water consumes us, and everything goes black. A lot of them are of me. Lots of baby pictures, then four years old at a birthday party, then seven years old and lanky, wearing rollerblades. I've crafted a successful version of myself that I tell dad about. I make things sound more exciting than they actually are. I have a sinking moment where I wonder who will remember me in this way, tucked in the bottom of a box. I think about what I actually want remembered. The past few years haven't been my best. The more I think about it, the more I start to wonder which years I was actually happy. We'll live on mac and cheese, like the old days. He doesn't fight me, but his stare says that he knows what I'm not telling him. That I'm not fine. That I'm scared. That I'm not strong enough. He folds me in a huge hug, and I'm a little kid again.
The hard rain against my face wakes me. I roll my head to the side, instinctively protecting myself, but my body responds slowly. There's pain in my side. The lacerations in my skin sting. The cool stone under me feels good. I breathe the water. Lacey drags herself toward me. Her eyes are black and she's covered in plant matter. Spitting up water, I scramble to sit up. That's when I notice my hands, covered in sprouting nodes and green stalks. My wet hair is tangled with long, thin stems, like when we were at the creekside. How did we... I turn behind me to the huge rock crevice. The roots have forced their way through the mountain rock from within. Below, we hear the rush of water, the surge of mud and crunching of stone. The mine inside is crumbling. As wet vines and tendrils continue to shoot upward, I realize the roots pulled us from the water and lifted us to safety. Lacey, the book, all the plants we collected, all the effort we went through. This whole time, it was for nothing. My heart breaks. I'm too empty to sob. My body is defeated swathed in green growth and pierced with shallow wounds. How can we find Claire without the book? I look to Lacey again. How? My soul is rent in two. She manages to reach me and we grab each other in a tight hug. Sorrow sits in my stomach. The rain beats against our backs. My body seizes with sadness. After a minute, the nettle shifts upward and offers its light again. It's grown further up Lacey's arm. When I touch it, the thorns don't bother me. At the top is a panicle of tiny green flowers. I pick it off and roll it in my hand. We have to get off the hillside. For a moment, I think I'm at camp. Daddy! I hear her again. <gasps> it can't be. We struggle to stand, but manage to breathe deeply and move our legs forward. We follow her voice echoing through the hills. The sound of distress grips me with fear again. <clears throat> I slip on a patch of mud, but catch myself against the slick rock. I can't get ahead of myself. I have to move deliberately. We're along a steep edge, but by now we've hit the tree line and we can grip the trunks to pull us upward. The green matter in my body, my porous skin, watery veins, twisting roots, feel more at ease now. I feel alive in the rain. I feel whole. We emerge to the road again. Following the curl in the hillside, we approach the mine entrance, half caved in on itself. I step over a downed tree. A girl stands in the road, crying. It's not her. Hey. It's okay, I'm a friend. 
I realize what I must look like. A tangled beast with black eyes. Things sprouting from me. I must look horrible. Lacey is close behind me. The girl backs away in fear. She wears worn leather shoes and a button dress. Her hair is in braids. She holds a metal lunch pail. Were you taking that to your dad? She nods and looks with panic at the mine. I suddenly think of all the shadowed figures in Moss Hollow going to look for her, holding their lanterns out into the smoking fissure of death. There was a search party. We have something for you. I approach her slowly. The stems in my hair start to blossom small white flowers. I don't want to startle her anymore, so I press my hope down to the bottom of my throat. The flowers shrink. I kneel and show her what to do by opening my palm. I place the nettle flower to rest gently on her skin. It glows and sings. Her eyes lighten and I can see some of the worry melt away. It's now that I notice she's dry despite the rain. They're here. Lacey indicates downhill at the darkening road. A dozen lanterns appear as they slowly walk toward us. I wait for their outlines to appear. Maybe we'll recognize some of them. What should we do when they get closer? Should we hide ourselves or try to say something? She clutches the nettle flower and takes off running toward the group. I should be able to see them clearly by now, but I can't. The lanterns move alone. I keep anticipating bodies to emerge into clarity, but they don't. When they meet, we see a couple lanterns sink to the ground and the girl's arms reach up into an embrace. All at once, the lights fade into the rain and the girl disappears. <sighs> I'm in shock. That's when we realize we're, we're at, at the, the crossroads. crossroads. Moss Hollow is written and performed by Melinda Beck. Original music by Kendall Winter. Mountain Foley by Melody Parrish. See you next time for the finale and epilogue.